and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast, episode 100 of the series and what was our final episode of this series, series three in total on the podcast and series two on this particular platform. I am, as ever, your host, Andy Davids, and as a tradition, post Super Bowl 58, we're bringing back one of the boys from the hairdryer treatment. Sadly, not both, but just one of our guests with me today is Luke Campbell. Luke, how are you? Hey, Andy, how's it going? All right. Yeah, all good, mate, all good. Obviously, sad the season's done, and even more sad that it's the same team winning it again. And she, yeah. if you aren't aware, the Chiefs did beat the Niners. Um, but overall, you know, it's been a great season for both me personally and for the league. I mean, it's the first time I've seen uh, the Dolphins make the playoffs so early in the season. And also, for everything that's happened this year with me in terms of getting the media passes and getting to complete all 30 stadiums, um, you know, if the season's been a bit of an for me, last two especially, but this one has been particularly one that I've um, really got a fond memory of and, you know, one I'll, I'll always look back on, whether it's, you know, asking questions to Derek Henry or even just meeting by the hotel or, you know, John Harbour mm. or Lamar Jackson, the same room as them, you know, asking questions to Trevor Lawrence, Mike Vrabel, Ryan Tannehill, you know, Travis Etienne, all these things and just getting to be, you know, even just be, being around some people I've I've looked mm. up to in, in the journalism world, I thought it's been fantastic. Um but obviously the game itself, Luke, we'll go into it now. Of course, the Chiefs did beat the Niners by 25 points to 22. Um, obviously, I said it before, I personally think I've only watched two bowls. A younger fan than yourself, Luke, uh, I've watched the... Um, actually, before, before, before we do that, actually, all of that, uh, what was yeah. your take on the Bears season? Because I know you have got the first overall pick. As a result, the Panthers, um, obviously, having the worst season. Mm. But yeah, what was your take mm. on it? Um, the disappointment or encouragement? Um, I was encouraged by the second half of the season. Um, I, I thought we played better down the stretch, to, to be honest. And and you know that saved Eberflus's job actually. Um, you know that they, they were they were pretty good defensively um, for the last you know few games of the season. And I think that gave me kind of cause for a, a little bit of cautious optimism. And I think also getting the number one pick, which I don't think we'll trade away this time. I I, I honestly think we'll keep it. And I think. We're going to trade. We're just going to draft Caleb. Um, I, I think that's pretty obvious to me, anyway, at least. Um, why wouldn't you do that? Uh, you know, but that's. Uh, but yeah, it was disappointing. I, I was actually at the Denver game. We were ahead. I was in Chicago for it, and so it was fantastic for about three and a half quarters, and then utterly <laughs> dreadful for the last seven and a half minutes of the game. And everyone sort of looked at each other and said, "Did that just happen? What just happened?" Um, so it was a bit depressing. But overall, there's, there's sort of cautious optimism, to, to an extent anyway, at least, to an extent. I mean, you know, as a Bears fan, you're kind of conditioned to have that optimism and then get it knocked out of you quite quickly, sadly. Yeah, I, I, know, I know the feeling, sadly. Um, it, it, I mean, it's one of the things with the first overall pick, I think there's definitely reasons why you would keep Justin Field. I think there were definitely times, particularly down the stretch, where Field... <laughs> Showed his potential, and I think there's no guarantee that Kayla Williams will be this star that everyone says he will. Um, and yeah. of course, I've seen a lot of reports about the commander, especially now they've gone out and got, um, I believe it's them that's gone out and got Cliff Kingsbury as a coordinator. There's a lot of talk about them um, going in and trading up for that first pick and giving this reports of you giving you the house to go and get that. I mean, if the commanders go to you and go, or anyone goes to you and go, right, you know, I said it. A third of, I think their second or third overall pick, and they're going to give you, say, two first round picks. Would you take that 
to have the still have the second or third overall pick, plus two future first round picks, as well as keeping a callback who did show potential. Or do you think Caleb is that good? He's that got that much potential. We go and get him. Well, it's an interesting question actually, and I've been doing a lot of mock drafts. And um, my my view is that that I think they'll probably restart the quarterback clock for financial reasons. Every every article I've read basically says the same thing. You draft a new quarterback, you essentially reset the clock and you can you can build your roster and, and it helps your salary cap. And, you know, there's no other way of looking at it. Um, I think the trade potential trade with Washington is interesting because I could see us taking Drake May instead. And I still think he'd be pretty good because he's, he's, he is pretty good. Um, you know, so that there's a potential there. Or you know um, that there's there's a couple of other quarterbacks as well in, in there that are that are pretty decent, but I think it's either Williams or May. Um, I think if 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 Washington come in and offered us the house, and we like May as well, then we probably would take it. And and I think that we would get a good, uh, you know, a good return for Fields if and when we trade him, which I think we will. Um, I think it sounds as if there's plenty of takers. I mean, the Steelers and the, the Falcons are two that come to mind that would be looking to, to do it. And, and you probably would get a reasonable uh, haul for him, at least a second round, I think, at least. You know, the the, the price last year. Um, so, I mean, like a second and a fourth isn't out of the question, for instance. Possibly even as much as a first if the team is desperate enough, because Fields has got a lot of skills. Um, so that there's, it's a really interesting question. Who knows what's going to happen? But I, it's exciting. It's, it's great. You know, that's the great thing about the draft is there's always drama um, and free agency itself throws up an awful lot of you know interesting aspects so it could really be interesting between now and, and the draft itself I think um, yeah. so Bears fans are excited I think you know genuinely excited this year I think it should be because it the power is really in your hands um, mm. you guys have that you can do anything you can take uh, what you, you would think be a bona fide superstar callback in Caleb Williams mm. you can you can you can get draft capital and do what the Lions done and do it that way. There's so much things you can do, and I think that yeah. um, I'm not going to say it's impossible to fail because we have seen teams fail with like oh, yeah. rounds in recent years. Been examples of this, but mm. you got to think you're giving yourself. I'm not showing what the Lions have done with their draft picks. They've shown, in contrast to what the Rams did a few years ago, that you can build your team with with the draft. And I think that certainly a lot of hope for the Bears. As there was for the Niners on Sunday night, as they yes. um <laughs> they led this game once again. It's happened four years ago when they led twenty to ten in the fourth quarter. Mm. Um they led this game multiple times and again it's another it's another fourth quarter collapse for Kyle Shanahan in a in a Super Bowl. I mean this Super Bowl, first of all, before this game had had any fifty yard or more field goals. They had four in the same game as both Buck yep. and Jake Moody set the records. Um, other we had overtime for the second time in Super Bowl history. We almost had double overtime uh, for the first time ever. Um, mm. And it was, I, I think, before I was looking into beforehand, before I changed the script. Um, for me, this personally, in my, I've watched now every Super Bowl in full from 2017 or 2016, whichever one the Patriots mm. Falcons was, all the way to now. I'd say it's the second best I've ever watched, I think. Last year was good, but I think the holding call at the end did ruin it a little bit for me. Um, mm. It was better than Bengals Rams. I loved Bengals Rams, but I think it's better than that. Obviously, way better than Patriots Rams. Way better than you know, Broncos um, Panthers. Well, I think I think personally, it's the second best Super Bowl we've had since um, the Mark and Butler interception. And I think since then, 
the one something that really stands out for me is number one still is Patriots Eagles. You know, over seventy combined points. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, over five hundred yards and lost the game, and we had the iconic play. But I think this one for me was good. I I think I say more than good. It was amazing for me because I think it was one of those classic defensive shootouts for a while. It was mm-hmm. close. You didn't know where the next point was coming from. I, I I loved it personally, and um, you know, and really, before we go on to the genius of Mahomes, we're gonna go on to the 49ers. I mean, I was saying this all game long. They they had so many um, third down uh, or lack of third down conversions. I kept saying to people I was with at the pub watching it in Cardiff. Um, mm. Can't keep giving Mahomes a ball back. And the same thing with Brady. He's back yeah. in this prime. You just can't yeah. give the ball back. And the, the defense was playing amazingly. You know, Nick Bosa was, uh, for me, him and Fred Warner were shooing for MVP if it wasn't for the fact mm. they lost. You know, and they were doing such a good job all round. And um, obviously, you can look at the Drake Greenlaw unfortunate injury, but the defense was playing amazingly. And for the first, you know, for the first half and a bit, maybe the first two and two and a half quarters, they were literally stopping Mahomes being Mahomes. And you know, the offense just kept giving it back to Mahomes. Like, and eventually, it just proven. Like, eventually, obviously, there was a couple of misfortunate plays. Obviously, look at the um, mm. the punt going back and kicking off. I forget the player's name. The heel. Um, we look at there was another one. I've just forgotten. McCaffrey fumbling, which never happens in a Super Bowl. Yeah, in the yeah, yeah. fumble in the entire postseason. Mm. Um, so where do you stand on the whole take about Shanahan in this game? Is a lot of talk about him. I think it's third now. It's a third. He's now he now holds the three most biggest Super Bowl leads ah. lost, both as head coach and coordinator. Do you think? Because on one hand, you look at the fact that. They've come to Mahomes and Brady all those three times. They've lost to two of the three best callbacks of all time, in my opinion. Or do you think there is something deeper, more worrying for Niners fans for Shanahan, the fact that he just can't seem to, a bit like Mark Levy back in the day, can't seem to win the big mm. one? I, I mean, it, it's an interesting question. I, I really rate Shanahan as a coach. I think he, I think he's great. I think he's got a lot of weapons. Um but I mean, I, you know, really, the credit has to go to the Chiefs' defense. Really, they 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 were unbelievable. Really, uh, you know, during the whole game, um, and if you look at the the way that they, you know, they they cooked up a lot of pressure, they they stopped a lot of the big plays. Um, uh, so I think really the the credit's got to really go to the the Chiefs themselves, and they've been doing it all season long. You know they've been a defense-led team for a lot of the, the the time because you know they've not had many targets on the, you know, on, on, you know to throw to, and, you know, on on the offensive side, and they kind of sorted that in recent weeks by making sure they got rid of some of the guys that were dropping the ball left, right, and center. But I don't know if it's I really don't know if it's a, a if it's a Shanahan problem or if it's just that he came up against a proper elite defense. And and just didn't have the answers in that particular game, and probably you could argue even came close to having the answers, but you know, you just can't, you know, you can't legislate from a homes really because the game went to overtime. So I'm not convinced it's a Shanahan problem. Not really. That is my take on it. I still think he's got, you know, this they've still got a window open for sure. Um, you know, if only for the fact that they can load up on their salary cap because. Rock Purdy's getting about 10 pence a year, you know, so, uh, well, I say 10 pence, he's still getting $890,000, which is not bad, I'd take that, um, but, you know, ultimately that gives them a proper building block for, you know, being able to, you know, 
essentially stack the roster. So they're, they're still in their window, no question. Yeah, you like, you like the thing so because, you know, I think most players are still in their prime. I mean, Nick Bosa is in his mm. prime. You know, Fred mm. Warner, Travis Ward, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. You know, are you kind of the, I think, as you said, Purdy is a young, young quarterback and he's on very, yeah. very low deal. So for me, I, I think whether it's next year, because, you know, the whole Seabull hangover thing and, you know, yeah. and you never know what's around the corner, but you'd like to think that, you know, he went back. But then I think it's now, well, I think it's currently 16, the last 16 quarterbacks to lose their first Super Bowl haven't returned since. You've got Jane Hurts, Jared Goff, uh, Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a... an interesting stat, isn't it? But you've got to think that the Niners are too loaded, particularly, you know, on both sides, um, you know, to, to not have a chance of going back next year. And in fact, they're already the favourites to win next year. And and the NFC is looking pretty weak, really, in comparison to the AFC. You know, in, in all honesty, the Eagles will be a shadow of the team they were, you know, for you know next year. I think Steve, but Steve will hate me for this, but he's, it's it's the truth. You know, after they had that collapse, that they're going to be bugging back into rebuild mode to, to an extent. So you know, I think it'll be interesting, but I don't see them necessarily competing as much uh, next year. So it could be interesting. And what was your view on the game itself? I mean, where would you rank that amongst... You've obviously watched a lot more Super Bowls than myself. Mm. Um, where would you rank that amongst uh, your sort of favourite Super Bowls you've ever watched or the best ones you've ever watched? I mean, it, it's up there, isn't it? I mean, it's got to be top top three, top five anyway, certainly. I mean, obviously, you know, for me, it, the, the 85 Bears Super Bowl is obviously going to be my favourite, but... Last year was amazing. I really enjoyed last year's, and I was there, obviously. Mm. So that made a difference. I think it might have been different if I was watching it on the TV, but because I was there, it was it was super exciting. Um, but this year's, I thought, was was really intense. Um, you genuinely couldn't tell which way it was going to go, and and you you know, we'll we'll talk about Mahomes in a minute or two. But really, the guy is unplayable when he's on his game. You know, he is. Um, but he's 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 added something to his game this year, I think, and and that was interesting. But the game itself, you couldn't take your eyes off it for a second, could you? You know, and that's the thing. That that's a sign of a proper classic, isn't it? When you just feel like you couldn't even go and, you know, get some more wings or whatever, or a slice of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got a little bit of beef with the bars app because not only was everyone talking at the half time show, which really annoyed me, I, I couldn't hear a single thing. Mm. Not I was just biggest fan, but I really wanted to actually hear the music. But also when the game ended, TV went off straight away. Couldn't even see them celebrate. Um, yeah. Either, either they were absolutely knackered or there were some bitters Niners fan here in the bar thinking, everyone get out, you know, yeah. we don't want to see yeah. this. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I thought it was, you know, the atmosphere was great in there anyway. But um, yeah, in terms of you mentioned Mahomes, um, I, I think you got to look at the now, he for me, he is a top three quarterback of all time. I think he's still got a lot to catch up Brady with. I think he's really mm. good to Montana. The fact he's had six seasons as a starter, Four Super Bowl appearances, three Super Bowl wins. Um, you know, he's doing well. He's before the age of 30. And you're right, he's changed the game completely because I remember when he first came into the league, his first year starter, he, he was basically the, the deep ball guy. And it was yeah. all these deep passes and all that. And and I think there were videos of him throwing the ball from one end to the other. But I think the last few years, especially since he's lost Tyree Kill, he seems to have gone a lot more of a methodical approach. 
basically like, like Brady for all those years. And, you know, what I love the fact is that not only has he won more Super Bowls without Tyreek Hill than with Tyreek Hill, yeah. who thought that yeah. would be left, but also the fact that, you know, he's doing it with oh, Kelsey's there. He's to me the best tight end of all time. But apart from that, yeah. he's at the receiving core. Valdez Scantling, Mark McCall Hartman, last year, Kadarius Tony. And these were guys that made me, throughout the whole regular season, haven't done a lot. I mean, McCall Hartman was a jet at the start yeah. of the year. Then you had, I think he had something like seven seven completions in his last few games. He had, he barely saw the ball before this game. And you can even look at Jawan Jennings from the Niners and how good he was. But the fact yeah. he's doing it and he's making these guys perform better. And look at Mark Bowler Scatling in the last game against the Ravens making a, the game seeding catch. And, and there's all these things Absolutely. he's doing with really not great amount of players. And it's like it's, it's like Brady, because Brady, you know, it's no I don't think there's any doubt that. Avondola and Edelman weren't elite receivers, but when it comes to playoff time, Chris Hogan as well comes to playoff time. They were there and they made necessary catches and they made the important plays. And it's happening again, whether it's last year, Kadarius Tony, whether it's this year, McCall Hartman making the game seeding play. Um, for me, it's just a fantastic job. And in fact, he's only really led, he took him to the fourth quarter to lead in, to, in his first suit bowl, never led the second suit bowl. Third suit bowl, he didn't lead to the fourth quarter. Winning field goal from House and Butkin didn't lead to the third quarter in this game, so yep. he's not really that it coming out of third gear. So I, it's crazy thinking what he could do if he's at, at full pomp in these games. It's just a fantastic, fantastic achievement, and you know we're saying this now. Yes. Now we don't know what the future holds, but the way it's going, he's going to really because Tom Brady in terms of rings and playoff wins, isn't he? You've got to think so. I mean, I think that. You know, what was interesting as well was that they figured out as well towards the end of the season that Rashi Rice was the real deal. Mm. And that made a huge difference for them. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I think there's potential there for them to be, you know, winning loads of Super Bowls if, if they can, you know, rebuild the, you know, keep the roster going and stuff like that. They've got a lot of big decisions to make this offseason. But, you know, ultimately... They've got the building blocks of being a proper dynasty for for time to come if they if you know if they manage it right. Um, the only the only flying ointment is if you know if Andy Reid decides to retire, <laughs> which he might, and that would be the thing that might finish you know finish the you you know the, uh, the franchise for a certain amount of time because you know a new coach carries its own risks and stuff like that. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. I think that he's going to be riding the wave for a, for a little while yet while while it's still. Uh, still looking good, and Mahomes is just so good. He really is. You know, I just wish we drafted him instead of Trubisky, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, that was really. But I think for all teams involved, the, all mm. nine teams that picked ahead of him, I think that you know, I think it's a real what if moment because yeah, it I is. would what I would give to have Mahomes, and even more frustrating for me is because as an AFC fan, um. We had we had twenty years of Brady, and we finally got rid of him. He finally retired. We thought, oh, yeah. you know, so he left the AFC, he went to the NFC. We thought, finally, and then Holmes has now come. Um, it, it's just for me, we we can't catch a break in the AFC. Um, you know, you think of really the Super Bowls that have made appearances in the last twenty years from the AFC. You've got Brady, Joe Flacco, Burrow, Mahomes. Yeah, it. it can't be many. Uh, Peyton Manning, of course. Um, Aren't many, you know, and it's whereas the NFC has had multiple quarterbacks in the last five, ten years alone. Um, isn't it interesting? Yeah, uh, and you're going to have Aaron Rodgers as well challenging in your division as well. I mean, that's going to that's got to be a pain as well, isn't it? I mean, you've got to hope that he's not the player he was after his injury, uh, you know, from your side, but that, that makes it trickier for the Dolphins in particular, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it'd only be only one or two years max. I don't, I don't see him being there past twenty twenty six. But um, I think long as we look at Joe Burrow's in the conference, Justin Herbert's. I think mm. just, actually Justin Herbert next season with an actual competent head coach in in Harper, yes. I think an offensive minded coach as well. He's going to be a guide for Capital next year. You know, my only worry is that is the team around him good enough. But you look at Joe, Joe Burrow's back from you. I think Joe Burrow is the is the is the guy that's going to potentially, I think that's for me, that is a real rivalry, Bengals Chiefs. The hatred is seemingly there. Reminds me of the old yeah. man in Arsenal games. And I think he is the guy, he is the guy best, most likely to, I think, dethrone Mahomes next season if he stays healthy and if the team around him stays healthy. You know, Lamar Jackson's in the conference as well. It's it's tough ask. And we probably got yeah. the top five callback in the conference. But um, yeah, Mahomes, I thought Mahomes in the dry, that game itself, I mean, there's been a few years recently where you thought, is he deserving if X or Y are they deserving of the Super Bowl MVP? But for me, this one for me was, I think, since from the Chiefs' point of view, by far Mahomes because no that, question, that, right? No that question. drive, it, it was it was clear. Mm. I mean, Nick Bosa should have won it for me if it was Niners who won it, but Chiefs won it, and Mahomes for me, the important time, the important place, he had. What is probably now that we'll look back on it in five, ten years' time and longer, a really iconic overtime drive. Yeah, and and you know I think the the interesting thing was that he was an awful lot more mobile as well, wasn't he? Mm. You know, and and that was interesting as well. You know, the the I think the play where he, he kind of scampered twenty odd yards, you know, one of the defining plays of of overtime, I think it was, um, and they just couldn't they, they didn't have an answer for him. And, you know, that's the kind of thing there, you know, that makes the difference, really. So, yeah, I mean, he deserves all the plaudits and stuff. Here's a question for you, though, as a, as a Dolphins mm. fan. Do I you stick it. with Tua? Do you stick with Tua or do you say, hmm? Because you've got a big decision as well. You've got to, you know, you've got to, um, you know, deal him a new contract as well soon. Yeah, Maybe not here, but soon. I've heard, I've heard reports about $55 million. And for me, that is absolutely crazy. I mean... The thing yeah. we've got is we haven't got a high enough draft pick to go and get a, a potential future quarterback. At the same time, yeah. there's no one, obviously, unless the likes of Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Mahomes come out and say, I want to play for the Dolphins, there's no one really better we can go out and get. I mean, you can't, you can argue Kirk Cousins, but then he is a similar thing to Tua. Great regular season mm. number, never done it in a postseason. So for me, mm. if you're wanting that, Quarterback, I think no doubt two led the league in passing out this year. I mean, he's not obviously not a bad quarterback, and I think that you know, but I think for me, sadly, it's a case where he plays best when it suits him, when the weather's in his favor, when he's playing a bad team. Whereas you know, he still hasn't for me, apart from maybe against Chargers this year, but even then, they were rubbish this year. All the Ravens last year, you know, he hasn't really done it in a big game. And that's my mm. worry is that we're sort of stuck now, is that especially if you give him a new deal, is that we haven't got anyone better to realistically go and get yeah. but we are on in a position where we can go and unless we give up the house to go and get the number one overall pick we haven't got that position to get a future prospect but even then who's to say there'll be a success in the NFL so for me it's um, yeah, I think we're stuck but I think at the same time I would love to see us play one playoff game where everyone's healthy I mean both of you look at the Bills game two years ago we had a third string quarterback Skylar Thompson playing in that wild card game and we almost beat yeah. them and this year we had you know, so many injuries and um, the offensive line was banged up. So I, I would love to see it happen once where... It was tough. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's one thing Jared Goff had in his favour was that he had weapons around him, but he also had a functioning offensive line. Whereas 
everyone was down for us and you know it was tough conditions i know that's not an excuse. offensively and defensively by the way because you lost nearly all your starting linebackers which was unbelievable yeah. and, you know if you watch the hard knock series it, it was heartbreaking to see it for all these guys because they were all at the top of their games um and i felt really sorry for them i must say i really did you know it, it's a tough it's a tough game anyway but for them for things to happen like that was was a real punch in the face for you know Dolphins fans, in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, to lose Phillips, Chubb, and Van Ginkle yeah, in the last few weeks. And I think that the, the Phillips one was bad, but then we seem to, Van Ginkle seemed to up his game in his, in his place. But I think the Chubb one was really, I think that was really yeah. detrimental. I mean, why are you playing him when they, when you're down by 30, 40 points? I think it was well, the, that was the thing. But, and that, again, it goes down to McDaniel. I think that could be the bigger issue than two is McDaniel. I mean, yeah, the other thing, I get that he's had two back-to-back playoff years, something that no one's done in years, and that will keep him a job for a bit. But at the same time, with the team he's got, you're sure he expected to make the playoffs. It's all, that, yes. should be the, that, should be, that should be the standard, making the playoffs, with, with mm. Ramsey, Chubb, Sealer, Tua, Hill, Waddle, you know, Terran Armstead when healthy, Connor Williams. You know, yep. This is a good team, and it's, I think it is. it's warm. So for me, and I think there's been questionable decisions coaching-wise, so many games where he's neglected the run, Obviously, playing starters when the game's done, um, I think that there's you know a lot to be concerned about. Really, I think with Daniel, and I think for all he does in terms of for his personality, which I love, mm. I think you know I, I do think that you can't put him on a hot seat because he has made playoffs in two consecutive years and he has had a lot of injuries in this time. But again, the coaching has been at times very questionable. So for me, yeah, it's a worry, but. You know, I think next season, and I, I think as well, um, the Bills now they've sorted out their coordinator problem. Uh, if I guess I'm guessing they're going to keep Joe Brady as their coordinator after being mm. interim, they're going to be a contender. You know, it's just the one year, it's, it's our chance because it was Burrow was injured, Herbert was injured, yeah, Rogers, that a lot of the best fullbacks in the conference were injured. So, you know, we had Joe Flacco playing in the conference, we had you know, a lot of backups were playing in these moments, and it was our one point, our one chance to to do this really so and I think that whilst it's satisfying in the way that we lost to the eventual champions I do think that Titans game if we'd won that Titans game we would have won the division um or even if Kadarius Tony kept on side um you know we we, we then we'd have played the Steelers we'd have won the playoff game that would have been progress and then who knows we could have been able to rest players more and had people like Chubb still available so for me it's um forever yeah, and and I agree with you. I think there was there was a whole set of kind of debatable calls, and I th- I do think that um, the Chubb one in particular was one of the that ones that I would place my finger on for sure. You know, I just thought that was crazy. Um, you know, the game you're never going to win that game. You have to really protect your future, kind of you know, um, you know your your, your chances in future games, and and that was just so silly in my head. I, I couldn't believe it when it happened, and and you know I was. Um, and and the, the justification afterwards, I didn't believe it. I just thought it was total naivety on his part. I really did. And I, th- I hope he's learned a lesson from it, to be honest with you. I really do. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Um, right, we're going to head on to the final part of the episode, which is going to be our predictions review. So <laughs> if you don't, if you are listening and aren't aware, me, Lucas, <laughs> did the predictions yeah, uh, well, a while ago now, back in August, for the, the season. And i got to tell you, there's some crackers 
But there is, well, we did a three years in a row now. Probably our worst set predictions at times. Some of these are absolute <laughs> stinkers. And I can't wait for you to hear what you've done for some of these. What we've done for some of these. It's, um, oh my God. Yeah, it, it's absolutely insane. So we'll start off. So uh, if you don't know the rules by now, quote Bevo, get to know the rules. But um, basically, we'll, we'll go for each division and it's one point per correct placement in the division. But then, obviously, then going on further on for things like comeback play of the year. Um, rookie of the year. If you're a nominee, you get if your prediction gets a nominee vote, your point. If you get the correct winner, three points. And stuff like you know, NFC Championship, AFC Champion. If your team made the title game, you get a point. If your if the team you predicted won that game, you get three points. And that that's all should hopefully explain. And the only thing that's a bit subjective is the most disappointed team and surprise team. But some of these are pretty self-explanatory and pretty obvious what the score yeah. would be for these. So um, starting off with the AFC East. So for this one. Both myself and Luke get a point. Obviously, both went for a Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, one to four. So obviously the Patriots and um supposedly Patriots being the one score there. Uh, whereas Bills, Jets, and Dolphins were nowhere near our predictions. Steve gets two points. Certainly not for the Dolphins being in last place, but he did have the Jets finishing third and the Bills winning the division with the Page Patriots second. So he gets two points for that one. Ah, he's lucky. He's lucky. That's all I'm seeing. <laughs> well, no one gets a point for AFC North because we all got it completely wrong. We all had the Bengals winning it. Then I had the Bengals, Steelers, Ravens and Browns as the one to four, whereas um, Steve and Luke both had the Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers. Heading on to the AFC South, once again, I get zero points. I went for Jags, Titans, Texans, Colts. Both Steve uh-huh. get a point as, they, as Steve went for Jags, Titans, Texans, Colts. And Luke went for Jags, Titans, Colts, Texans. Both get a point for the Colts. And in um, the AFC West, I get a point as I went for Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. Of course, Chiefs won the AFC West. Both Steve and Luke get two points. They both went for Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. One point for Chiefs, one point for Broncos. NFC East, we all get two points as we all went for a Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders, one to four. And of course, Giants commanders finishing third and fourth with the Eagles. So the Cowboys rather than the Eagles winning the NFC East. Uh, NFC North, I get a point, as does Steve, as we both went for Vikings, Lions, Packers, Bears. And of course, Bears did finish bottom of the NFC North. Whereas Luke gets two points for correctly predicting the Lions to win it, as well as the Vikings finishing third, but the Bears second and the Packers fourth. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Heading on to the South, um, no one gets a point, as we all went for... Very different ones. Um, Steve went for Falcons, Panthers, Bucks, Saints. Of course, the Bucks won the division. Steve, uh, sorry, Luke went for Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Bucks. And I stupidly went for the Panthers to win the division, end up being the worst team in the league. Oh then Falcons, Saints, Bucks. Uh, sorry, Falcons, then Saints and Bucks. NFC uh, <laughs> West uh, all get two points as they all went for a Niners, Seahawks, Rams and Cardinals, one to four. Of course, both Niners and Cardinals being correct in one to four. So next up is who we thought would get the first overall pick in 2024. We all get zero points as you all went for the Cardinals and they have the fourth overall pick. So wow, the, the Bears that, um, you know, that end up having it. Uh, wildcard teams in both divisions. Now, some of these we've had actual division winners, but I'm not giving a point because they didn't actually do it as a wildcard team. So mm-hmm. I went for Bills, Dolphins, Broncos. Only one point there for the Dolphins. Uh, same for Luke with the Dolphins, well, the Jets and the Chargers. Steve gets no points that he went for the Patriots, Chargers and Ravens. 
NFC wildcard teams, we all get zero points. I went for Cowboys, Seahawks, Lions. Luke went for Cowboys, Seahawks, Bears. And Steve went for Lions, Cowboys, Giants. Comeback player of the year. Steve gets zero points as he went for Russell Wilson, whereas both me and Luke get a point for a predicting nominee, Damar Hamlin. Um, surprise team, no one gets a point. Um, Patriots for Steve, absolutely no chance, no points there. I went for the Vikings, no points there. Luke, you could have had a point for the Dolphins, but I think making the playoffs was not really a surprise, and they did all obviously crumble towards the mm. end of the year. Most disappointing. Point, Steve, though, come on. Nah, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love to give it, but no. <laughs> um, surprise team, Steve went for the Titans. Sorry, most disappointing team, Steve went for the Titans, giving him a point because no one thought they'd do that well. Uh, Luke, you went for the Packers. They made the playoffs. They were a bit of a surprise team. <laughs> and I've got three points. I went for the Chargers to disappoint the most. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Um, rookie of the year, uh, I went for Jordan Addison. No points there. Steve went for Rasheed Rice. No points there, although he had a very good year, as did Addison. But then B. John Robinson was Luke's pick, and he was, he was a nominee somehow for rookie of the year, so he gets a point there. Defensive rookie of the year, Steve gets a point for naming Jaden Carter, but both me and Luke correctly predicted the winner of the award in Will Anderson. No points for us in the offensive play of the year, as I went for Justin Jefferson and both Steve and Luke went for Jamar Chase. None of them were nominees. Defensive play of the year, both me and Luke get a point for correctly predicting nominee Micah Parsons, whereas Steve correctly predicted Miles Garrett, so he gets three points. Nice. Langer Stress, regular season MVP. No one gets a point, as Steve and Luke both went for Patrick Mahomes, who did win Super Bowl MVP but not regular season MVP. And I went for Trevor Lawrence, which is a really, really, really bad pick. Um, now, <laughs> here is where we have the best and worst predictions of the whole thing in one thing. So, first of all, both Steve and Luke correctly predicted the Chiefs to win the AFC. Now, Luke, you also predicted the Niners to win the NFC. So, you bet you have three points for both, where Steve went Come for on. the Eagles. Whereas mine is probably the worst prediction ever in any podcast history. <laughs> My Super Bowl prediction was going to be the New York Jets against the Minnesota Vikings. Looking back <laughs> now, that is that is the worst prediction ever in history. I mean, who the hell thinks? I mean, I caught onto the Aaron Rodgers hype, fair enough, but why you the did. hell do you think the Vikings? Totally the Vikings. <laughs> what am I thinking? I, I I have no idea what I was thinking. I should have gone for the Niners. They were my pick when I I thought back in February. I was thinking it's going to be a Bengals Niners Super Bowl when the last yeah. Super ended. I should have stuck with that because at least one of them would have been right. But my God, the Vikings, that is terrible. Um, I went for the Jets to win it. Of course, no points there. Steve went for the Eagles to win it. No points there. And Luke, you went for the Chiefs to win it. So another three points goes to you. Come on. So um, overall, in third place with 16 points is sadly myself. Uh, and then the winner, by a massive eight points clear of second place with 26 points, is you, Luke. You have won Woo-hoo! this Come How on, feel. there we go. <laughs> uh, it, it feels good to actually, you know, to, to actually get some points first and foremost. I was expecting to get like zero points because I couldn't remember what I predicted last year. But yeah, delighted, over the moon, over the moon. And I'm going to hold it over Steve forever for the rest of his life. Now that's it. But right, remember right, that, yeah. time, Steve. <laughs> and he's not going to like me much. And it's just as well I live in a different country from him now, actually, to be fair, because he's likely to punch me in the face. And, and I deserve it, to be fair. 
<laughs> well, to be fair, um, Steve won it in the first year we did it. I won it last year, and you've now won it. Yeah, We've all had an equal share of winning it. So Come next on. year, someone will have their second win of this of this <laughs> going on. Um, Love it. Yeah, I want to apologise to everyone listening for my terrible predictions. I'm going to try and make some better ones next year. And try and avoid the out there. I'm going to try and stick to safer predictions. I'm going to try and avoid... Because <laughs> I'm the only thing I was thinking of with the Vikings. It must have been just... An, I was thinking, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be edgy. I'm going to go for the Vikings. But it turns out both teams missed the playoffs entirely. So, for me, that was an all-time L. Um, but that's where we'll end the series and end the episode for today. So, first of all, thank you, Luke, for coming on once again. Thank you, Andy. It's been a pleasure. And I'm promised to keep my Bears optimism going for the predictions next year. Let's just put it that way. But thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, mate. No problem at all. Now, we are <laughs> a little bit of a break. It is the end of the series. And of course, as you all know, this is the time of the year where it's a bit quiet in the NFL. I mean, free agency is looming. Now, for me personally, I've got potentially potential personal things going on, like an exam in April, or if not July. So there will be a point where the content is at a bit of a low because I will be focusing on that. But, you know, you'll be sure that when it comes to July, when it comes to June, we may or not be doing once again our fan predictions for every team, our season preview episodes. But either way, you'll be getting plenty of content throughout the off-season, just maybe not for the first couple of months. But in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod podcast, the Super Bowl 58 review and predictions review. I've been Andy, this has been Luke, and we will see you guys next season. <laughs>